Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Lindsay Byrne, the cognitive health coach. Lindsay helps people to prevent and reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's. Wow, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So welcome. So for the benefit of everyone listening out there today, can you just expand a bit more on that and tell us a bit more about where you are with your business and and who you actually serve? Yes. So um, actually, I mainly work with couples where one partner is living with Alzheimer's. And actually, that might be diagnosed or not diagnosed, maybe just noticing some cognitive decline and a bit worried about where it might go. Mm hmm. Um, and yeah, I started in March, so it's very new and very recent, and I've just got a handful of clients, um, but they're all doing really well, and I'm really pleased. So what was it that made you decide that this, this is your purpose, this is your line of work? Well, um, I didn't even know you could do anything about Alzheimer's. My mom, um, I noticed a few years ago, probably about five years ago, I noticed my mom's memory wasn't brilliant. Um, and then in the pandemic, uh, I really noticed it started to get worse. Um, and I thought there was nothing you could do. I was just watching it happen. And then I met somebody um, who had pretty much completely reversed his symptoms of Alzheimer's. Um, he'd, he'd started noticing the problems in his mid-30s. Wow. And yeah, I know. And uh, he had to give up work in his mid 40s because he couldn't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I met him, he was in his mid to late 50s and he just reversed the symptoms in, in the past three years, mainly through diet. I have to say um, he's very lucky. Normally just diet isn't enough. And so he's very lucky. But um, as soon as I found out there was something you could do, I I just read everything I could find. I um, watched lots of videos. Uh-huh. Um, I got my mum on the protocol and she improved pretty quickly. It was only a few months before we really started noticing some improvements. Um, and I just thought everybody in the UK needs to know about this. How did I not know about it? When I, when I first discovered, well, when I first noticed mom's uh, memory issues, I Googled it straight away. But the first things you see are the NHS website, the Alzheimer's mm-hmm. Society. And the first thing they say is there's no cure. 
if you really scroll down a long way, you'll find that they say it's preventable. 40%, they quote, 40% of um, cases are preventable with 12 simple lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. What I've um, what I've been studying and um, qualifying in is much more bespoke than that, much more tailored than that. So um, you can get really good results. Okay, but so sorry, just to jump into what you just said there. So the especially in the UK, so the first thing people are told is there's no cure. Mm. This is a horrendous disease. There is nothing you can do about it. Mm. That is the that is the false belief that is put out there by the NHS by the organizations that we trust it's not yeah it's not truly false there is no cure you can't you know you can't take a pill and it's gone um the protocol that i've studied and qualified in um helps you reverse the symptoms there are lots of cases who of people including my mom who come off Mm -hmm. it for one reason or another and then they instantly notice the decline so they immediately get back on it and then they improve again um (laughs) <laughs> hey, so it's it's not so black. So my terminology there was completely incorrect as well. So there is it's not so black and white. It is the symptoms, what is happening. There are ways, there are means, there are things that you can do to improve, make yeah. life better, yeah. even reverse. Yeah. But that is not the the common thought. No, no. I mean uh... I didn't know anything about this until I met the guy. And uh, and once I found out there was so much you could do and you could get so much improvement, um, I just felt really angry that nobody knows about it. So I kind of made it my mission <laughs> to tell nice. as many people as possible. <laughs> One question and- I always ask business owners is, you know, with their clients, whether you, know, you run an agency or a coaching business or you know, brick and mortar, your clients have, have beliefs have rules have things that they take as true Mm. that is one of the barriers that they need to help them overcome so Mm. with you it's that is one of the main things that you have to overcome so that they can believe that change is possible yeah yeah I mean I have to say so far the clients I've found are quite open-minded and they've tended to be the kind of people who want to look after themselves anyway and might, you know, adjust diet or do more exercise or whatever in the face of any illness or anything. Um, I think it would be really hard to turn somebody around who didn't look after themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that I can't help people <laughs> and that, that People wouldn't be able to turn that around. That's the whole point of house coaching, isn't it? It's to help people make changes when change is hard. Um, It's just that the people I've met so far, who are my clients, have happened to be the kind of people who are looking, who are um, looking for any little thing they can do, even if it's just to slow things down or to keep healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess that's been a bit easier. (laughs) Nice. And I, I guess it's with those people who are, they believe that change is possible, that mm. they are, they are, they're not grabbing at straws. There is, I believe something can happen, something can change. Yeah. And yeah. you get to provide, um, as you said, different protocols, different angles 
And so with your clients, how quickly do they start to see these changes occur? It's really hard to say. Um, my mom within two or three months, um, I'd say on average, sort of first three months is just getting some lifestyle changes in place. Mm-hmm. Um, they do need to see a doctor as well and have some testing done um, and uh, to analyse what are their unique causes. There's a whole raft of different um, tests because there are so many different causes and mm. it's never one cause. I think if it was one cause, your body and brain are pretty resilient. They would they would work around it it's when there's a few stacked up. Um, so so each person's treatment is very unique. Um, I've had some clients where it's taken a bit longer. So, for example, there was a lovely man who um, turned out a, a large part of the reason he was um, experiencing this is that he was an engineer and um, we found a lot of heavy metal toxicity in the testing. Um, That's one of the hardest things to to turn around because you need to be in such a healthy position in the first place. Your gut needs to be really healthy. Mm -hmm. You can't go around releasing toxins if they're just going to travel around the body again and cause more disruption. We've got to be sure that. They're totally healthy and they're going to be able to um, eliminate these toxins. So um, that took a took a little while. So that took a few right. extra months. <laughs> so everyone is different. There are so many different moving parts here. So you get to um, really investigate and find the right thing for the right person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm a health coach. So the doctor does all the testing. So that might be blood tests and um, they might take hair for um, toxin tests. They might take saliva for um, hormone tests. Uh, so, so they'll do all the testing and they'll be able to recommend some lifestyle changes and some supplementation. Um, but I, I help people to actually make those changes. So I'll help people with what they're eating, how they're moving, if they've got problems with sleep, um, if they're stressed. Uh, if they've got problems with relationships, um, a sense of meaning and purpose in life, um, if they're doing enough mental activities to keep the brain active, um, help them find fun activities that they'd enjoy. Nice. So it is the full aspect of of the human experience that you help people through. It is all connected. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. It's fascinating what you do. I love the change and the difference that you you help bring to people, and ultimately you bring it through information. You you are just a uh, someone who's come across these techniques and protocols, putting them together, and get to share them with the world. So it's incredible. But as a as a business owner, so mm. to your 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 business, what do you love about the fact that you've come into this particular profession? Um, Well, the first thing I love is just the hope that I see in people's faces when they realise there is something they can do and they could see some improvements because I'm guessing it's pretty depressing. I know, Mm -hmm. you know, with my mom, it was pretty wearing and depressing to think where, where it could end up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so just the hope on people's faces is just really, really nice. And actually, even though some people start out thinking that, oh, this diet's quite difficult, actually, it's just really good fun um, working with people to try and find little simple swaps for things that they already enjoy. Yeah. And actually, lots of my clients end up really enjoying cooking, but quite often they'll come to me and say, oh, we don't cook. <laughs> um, but then actually they end up quite enjoying trying a few things. And we just, we just build up really slowly. Mm-hmm. So I'll work around whatever their current diet is like and just make some simple swaps. Um, but then quite often they'll show some interest. And once they see that they've had a little bit of an improvement and maybe they've enjoyed some different things they haven't tried before, then it kind of snowballs and they they want to try more things and they end up enjoying cooking together. I mean, it's it's really good for you to do, uh, for brain health, to do Uh different activities. So if the person living with Alzheimer's isn't currently cooking, that's something they can get a bit involved with. And it's a fun activity for the couple to do together. Nice. Love that. And on the flip side, what what are the things that you... um that you find tough about this line of work? Um, Finding clients. It's killing me. I I genuinely thought it was going to be easy Uh just based on the way I found out about it. Um, The fact that, you know, I happened across somebody who just said. So hold on. I mean, that is the, that's what everyone says. No matter what yeah. industry you're in, whoever I talk to, the biggest problem is I, I could do with more clients. I need yeah. more leads. I need more clients. Yeah. That seems to be the global thing right now. But you just told me that you have a, a service, a product, a methodology, a changes that can actually help someone change their lives, in a, especially in a country which doesn't have much of this Mm. and you're struggling to find clients yeah it's crazy isn't it I mean I I don't know if I was naive I thought this was going to be easy (laughs) I I really did and part of that is when I was still training I just happened to tell my neighbor he asked me what do you what do you do and I told him and he said oh you've got to help my dad and I (laughs) that was my first experience of telling somebody outside of my circle of friends And I just thought, oh, this is going to be easy because everybody knows somebody. Everybody's going to say, I didn't know you could do that. You've got to help my auntie. (laughs) I thought that was going to be the way it went. Um, What do you hear the most from people who, when you you tell them what what you do, whether it's a a stranger or um, when you you meet someone in in a a business setting, what's the the one thing that you hear all the time? Well, you see, this is the weirdest thing. The pandemic's really messed things up, hasn't it? Because I'm not going out anywhere near as much as I used to go out. <laughs> so I'm I'm meeting less people sort of face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So most of my stuff um, is posting on Facebook or LinkedIn and trying to find new people in groups. So I've joined lots of groups on Facebook and LinkedIn mm-hmm. for um carers of not professional carers obviously um you know sons and daughters or partners of people living with alzheimer's um and it's remarkably difficult to even seem to get them to pick up on what you're saying so 
Oh, <laughs> interesting. It's difficult to pick on what you're saying. So in a perfect world, in a perfect mm. world, how would you how would you find the right people and how would you then be able to communicate with them? Mm. Um, so one of the things that I've tried doing, and I, I, I will persist, but I tried going along to some like memories cafes type places mm-hmm. um, to do some talks. Um, so, of course, I'm approaching the founders of those first. Mm-hmm. And some of them are really open to it. So I have been and done a couple of talks and I've got a couple sort of lined up for the new year. Um, and some of them have gone to their members and said, would you like a talk on this? And then got no response back, which I just find amazing. And some people I talk to just look at me like I'm trying to sell snake oil and they get all protective and won't even let me. Why is that? Why do you think that is? I don't know know why they get protective because Mm -hmm. it seems to me it should be up to people to make their own decision. You know, if I went and talked to a group and half of them thought I was selling snake oil. Well, then it's not for them. That's fine. I'm not going to hard sell anything to anybody. I'm not a salesperson. I couldn't hard sell if I wanted to, which I absolutely don't. But if a handful of them were interested and wanted to find out more, then, of course, I'd talk to them. And still no hard sell, you know. <laughs> um, so I find it a bit strange that that some people want to protect people from meeting me. That yeah it seems very strange so you say you're, you're not a salesperson what do, you, what do you mean by that um well I suppose we're all salespeople, aren't we <laughs> and I need I need to obviously sell my services to get clients I mean I'm not I've never I've never considered myself a professional salesperson mm-hmm. um I'm 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 fine if someone contacts me or if someone shows some interest I'm, I'm absolutely fine talking to them just like we're talking now mm-hmm. um I don't I, I, I don't think it would be appropriate for me to do cold calling in this kind of business anyway but if there's something that sends shivers down my spine it's the idea of cold calling <laughs> <laughs> even in my previous business there's no way I would have done any any cold calling so I, th- I guess that's what I mean really about not being a salesperson and certainly not a hard sell mm. so something I can't stand you know if somebody comes to sell you a new kitchen or or double glazing or something and they, they do the hard sell on you it's really uncomfortable isn't it I could I could never engage in that <laughs> so for you it's really trying to find that ethical mm. route for an ethical conversation and right now obviously COVID has destroyed so much for so many businesses and we're still recovering. We're yeah. still getting the confidence back to, to me, even though right now I, I truly believe everyone is screaming for community. We're screaming for, to, to actually be, be more social. Mm. Um, but there's still that challenge there. You, so it sounds like that is the route for you to be in front of the right people and just be around them. Yet right now, that's one of your barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I just think everybody must know somebody with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, there was 70 million people in the UK. 
and almost a million million of them have, have, are diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And that's like discounting all the people who don't want to go and get diagnosed mm-hmm. or, you know, are just noticing some memory glitches and wondering, is this normal aging, which it isn't, by the way, um, or is this something worse? It's not normal to lose memory <laughs> as you get older. Um, so... I feel like everybody must know somebody. It feels like I should just be able to walk around telling people what I do and just have people say, oh, I know somebody that you could help. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the same with, with everyone's business who has a passion with it. Surely mm. everyone wants to buy this, right? Surely mm. everyone needs this. How yeah. How is it possible that no one can see what I see of mm. my products, my mm. service, mm. my the, the promise that is it's promised to your clients right yeah so yeah, what do you understand it <laughs> so okay what are, you, what are you doing to understand it what is your what is your plan to go into next year because i say you've, you've just started this is fresh and new and you've come up with all these hurdles that you thought they, they shouldn't be here yeah this should this should be easy um yeah. what's your plan to to overcome that and really help change the world next year well, um, I'm starting to see more interest now. So I do think some of it is just, it takes people time. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose if you see an advert for Tesco's, <laughs> you know what Tesco's is. <laughs> Whereas if you see an advert for something completely new, it might just pass you by or it mm-hmm. might take you a few times of seeing. And I have noticed that actually some people that I spoke to when I very first qualified I've now started coming back round and asking me more about it. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was something about just needing the time out there. Um, and my plan is now to just continue trying to grow my audience on Facebook and LinkedIn, just find mm-hmm. more groups, more people. Um, yeah. I think that's it. That's all I've got at the minute. <laughs> nice. And so with with your future business with the challenges that you do you preempt challenges now because obviously you've you started your business and you've come up against things that you never saw coming what are you predicting what are you seeing coming up um in the next you know year two years five years mm. Or are you so into this challenge right now that I've just got to overcome this? This is the one barrier. If I overcome this, then, oh, my gosh, I get to help more people. Yeah, I mean, I think it is just this one barrier because when I do actually connect with somebody and we have a just a one-to-one chat like this, the vast majority of them sign up as clients. Um, there's, there's only been two or three who've kind of said to me, I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, they do sound like they've had some serious financial challenges. And it's not just my cost. It's the cost of the doctor, the tests and the supplements. So I can understand sure. they are struggling financially. Yeah, I think it's just getting myself in front of more people. And I'll get there. <laughs> nice. Well, Look, what you do sounds absolutely fantastic. And I wish you all the success in the world as you spread your message and help change lives because that's mm. kind of the point, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If, if more people knew about this, we could. 
I really feel like I could, if I could reach more people, mm-hmm. I could be the star of, I mean, I'm not saying I could end Alzheimer's completely in the UK, but I could be the star of that process. Because if we could get people on prevention as well. Okay, let's let's just dig through this really quickly. Mm. You just said, if I could just reach more people, then if this, then that's oh, the barrier yeah. of all barriers. What's stopping you? I guess I haven't found the right message yet that's connecting with people. Okay, so what's stopping you from... How do you overcome that barrier? How do you find the right message? Well, currently, I'm trying lots of different messages. <laughs> lots and lots of different messages, different ways. Um, I mean, for me, when I found out about it, it was as simple as somebody said he was working on reversing his symptoms of Alzheimer's. And that mm-hmm. was enough for me. So, but clearly, I have learned that not everyone reacts to that message and I've tried some more inspiring messaging that seems seems to be bringing more people, more inquiries at least. Mm-hmm. So once you get your message down, that's it. That is the, the grail that you're looking for to be able to fulfill your dream. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> once I start seeing more people, and fielding more inquiries, there will come a point where I'm going to have to put some systems in place mm-hmm. to handle the volume. And I will probably need to start, I'll still see people one-to-one, but if people want to be seen in groups, if they would like group support, that that would help. So I guess I guess that answers the question you asked a little bit earlier, actually, around what are the, what are the challenges coming down the line. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like I... <laughs> I discounted those because I kind of know these are the things that I'll need to do later down the line. I don't see those as massive challenges. That's just organization. <laughs> logistics. The logistics yeah. of once you get to a certain threshold ratio, hmm. then things need to change, adapt, and evolve, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So message. It's all about the message. Once mm-hmm. you understand it for yourself. And I also think it's a it's a level of, of confidence and belief in what you do and maybe having that confidence and belief that you can give to whoever you're talking to. Yeah. So lastly, what what are you doing? What do you do to maintain and hold on to your confidence and your belief, not only in yourself, not only in the clients you serve, but in the the product and service that you you can offer mm. um I mean I'll admit occasionally I'll have a little wobble and think oh this is so hard um, right. but then on the other hand I just think no people need to know about this people <laughs> people need <laughs> to hear about it I mean I'm on the prevention protocol because my mum's got Alzheimer's um if if you had parents with Alzheimer's when you want to prevent that, prevent ever even going down that road. I mean, there's, there's got to be a huge market out there, and I'm sure people must want to hear this. It's just finding those people. Well, good luck. 
I wish you all the success as you reach more and more people and and change and, and save lives. Thank you. Um, if people want to learn more about you and what you do, uh, where yeah. can they find you? So um, I have a website, which is thecognitivehealthcoach.co.uk. I've got a Facebook group, which is just facebook.com slash reversing Alzheimer's. Um, and my and that's Facebook- free to join? Yeah, that's free, free to join. And I give lots of tips regularly on there, lots of, uh, and of course, you've got all the other people in the group for support as well. Um, I've got a Facebook page called um, The Cognitive Health Coach. And I'm link- I'm on LinkedIn, I'm Lindsay Byrne, and that is slash The Cognitive Health Coach. <laughs> Super stuff. Well, everyone, please check out Lindsay and what she does. If you're curious or have someone with, with this condition, help is out there. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing. No, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. I've enjoyed. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.